Yeah, so Josh Thomas wrote this and he's actually um, a well-known comedian in Australia. So he was a comedian before he was this like, all these other pieces of like writer, actor, all of that. So yeah, people knew him as like, I'm a funny guy. And then all of a sudden he wrote this drama Please like me. It was meant to be humorous as well. A dramedy, if you will. A dramedy. Hello, and welcome back to the Intersection Podcast. I have a guest today, and you've heard her before. Hi! Christina's <laughs> back. Woo! Welcome to season four. <laughs> yeah, I love her. She's like, I don't know what to do. Um, today, we have a mashup of Essentially two podcasts. We do. Because Miss Christina has her own podcast. I do. Would you like to tell the people what the new podcast is? It's called Recaps and Receipts. And what and what do you do on Recaps and Receipts? Well, well, let me tell you. On Recaps and Receipts, I recap for you the first episode of a random show so you can decide if you want to watch that show yourself. So what do you think we're doing today, y'all? We recapping some shows, some first episodes, okay? It's going to be a good time. But also, because I'm a music head. Yes. And she's coming to my show. Mm. <laughs> We're also giving you some reviews on our on two albums that we've chosen. Mm-hmm. We will tell you all about them in a little bit. But we still got to do the regular things. We're just going to have an extension of that for a topic. Yes. So, what you watching... What you reading? What what you looking at with your eyes? Right. What am I watching? Well, I mean, to to be on. Well, do do I just talk about what we assigned one another in this moment, or do I say like what I've been watching on my own? What you've been watching on your own? We're gonna we're gonna keep it separate mm-hmm. and exclusive. But mm-hmm. you know, you could be watching anything. Remember, it's a free for all question. I'm usually watching between four and like eight shows at a time what's your favorite then maybe we should narrow it down i mean that's a good question i think you know recently i started re-watching osmosis on netflix what is this osmosis first of all if you don't speak french you should watch this show with subtitles noted that's me. So if you don't speak French, I don't either. <laughs> You're in great company. The way she said it was with confidence that she did speak French, to be honest. I was like, oh, you don't? Okay. I took French, still probably knew the yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched this show maybe about a year ago, and I'm revisiting it because I recalled that it asks so many great questions about what true love is and what soulmates are and what happens when maybe... You have certainty of who your soulmate is because of some kind of science that's been discovered. And at the same time, your personal life isn't together. Maybe you're an addict or maybe your soulmate isn't good for you. Maybe at the end of the day, both of you love each other, but you don't want to be around each other all the time. And so when this app, Osmosis, gets introduced to the general public... There's this idea that you find your soulmate, your your person for life, and you're supposed to be guaranteed happiness. But obviously, people can't be the key to our happiness. 
So the show really engages in a lot of different questions around relationships and identity and also the the margin of error in hmm. finding your soulmate. Yeah. Wow. So now I have to ask because of course this would be the next question. Do you believe in soulmates? Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is such a loaded question. <sighs> Um, <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, do I believe in the one? No. Oh, no, wow. I don't. I don't. Because I think that there may be someone who's a really great fit for me, maybe in this particular season, or maybe from like when I'm age 30 to 45, or I don't know, something like that. And that doesn't mean that. You know, there's an expiration date that I'm looking to cut off yeah. relationships or anything. I don't mean that when I say that. But I I try not to to put labels on people as though I know they're going to be in my life forever. Because that kind of means that I own that person. And I don't want to claim ownership of people like that. That was such a solid answer. Wow. <laughs> um, are you reading anything? Oh, uh, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what you read? <laughs> I'm, I'm vacillating between these two books, uh, Sacred Rhythms and Sabbath. And they're both about sort of learning how to flex the muscle of leaning back and making space for God to just be with you. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Um, what am I watching right now? Yeah. What am I watching? Oh, I know what I started. Mm. I don't know how to pronounce Hentified. Is that <gasps> how we're saying it? Yes. Yes, oh I started gosh. watching Hentified. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. Um, it's great. It yes. really is great. Yes. Um, it also goes with another show. Mm. It has mm-hmm. the same vibe as another mm-hmm. show that we're going to talk mm-hmm. about a little bit mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I felt the same way. Yes. It's, a little, it's the grown sexy version. Um, but yeah, I started watching that. I really love it. Um, I am not reading anything right now because I don't have time to read actual books. <laughs> you know. So I listen to them. <laughs> And I'm between listening to books. Well, I still have to finish one, but yeah. So, I don't read physical books right now. Okay. Okay. But I listen to them. Okay. Yeah. Um, what are you listening to? Speaking of listening. Ooh, listening to... Really, it's just been a deep dive into the albums that we're going to discuss on, on this podcast, so... You're going to have to wait, y'all. Um, what have I been listening to? I have had to make playlists for multiple people because I'm, I get requests like that, which I absolutely Mm. love. So I, cause it like, I have to think if this person's going to actually like this song that I've been listening to. Taylor made. Yeah. They're Taylor made, but one of them, perfect pocket. Just saying. Yeah. I'm a one at this game. Yes. Um, but I also went to see, Alan Stone and Sam Henshaw this weekend. Girl. Wow. First of all. Are you kidding me? Sam Henshaw. I literally cried. 
I don't care. I cried listening to like he's so one of his songs, which I can't even. I'm not even gonna say it because if y'all take it for your wedding song, I'm gonna be mad. So I'm not telling you nothing, <laughs> but it's it's gonna be in my wedding. And when I heard it, I was like, "Wow, I'm physically unable. Like, can't do it right now. Definitely." Yo, cried. that's the best. <laughs> I was like, "Why am I crying? Also, why did I wear so much eye makeup?" That was the other question that popped in my head. Um, um, because you're really good at doing your eye makeup and it always looks great. <laughs> okay, yeah, that. <laughs> Fun fact, y'all. I'm a makeup artist. Yes. But I don't think I've ever said that on the mic, so. A full makeup artist. <laughs> but yes. Um, and so Sam was amazing. So first of all, like, there was, op- there was another opener. Andy mm-hmm. Suzuki and The Method is the name of the band. Okay, okay. He was great. His little um, band was great. Yes. Then Sam comes on, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't care how this ends. It's amazing. It's worth it. It was wow. worth the coins that I spent wow. to see him. And then Alan comes on. I was uh-huh. like, so I've seen Alan so long once already. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Alan is that dude. Yeah. Like, Alan Stone. Oh, my gosh. I don't know which, which grandma. Uh-huh. Which church grandma just went in his body and was just like, we're going to make you a great, a great singer, performer. Oh, boy, was dancing with his little band. I said, y'all from Seattle? What I love is so many people don't realize that Sam, that Alan Stone is white until they see him. I know. When you see, I remember I heard him, but then I watched a YouTube video and I was like, what? (laughs) It throws you off. Well, this performance throws you off even more because I when I saw him it was like a small like there was maybe 150 people in there it was like in North Carolina uh-huh, uh-huh. and it wasn't even I mean it's so weird because I feel like he sort of like has popped now yeah but I've been following him since I was like in college so yeah. that small show was like around that time oh and then gosh. now to That's see amazing. him like fully fully in it he, yes. you know married got oh, a kid but like he he puts on the show. I remember when I first heard him. Yeah, in in college as well. And yes, and and I loosely followed. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but over time, I was like, dang, I just really love to see him live sometimes. So I'm so like, I was hanging on the edge of my seat as you're explaining all of these things about seeing him live because I want to see him live someday. <laughs> you do. You have to. You have to. It's, it was, he's phenomenal. Like the vocal agility, mm. just dumb. I'm like, you, wow. you have an anointing. We heard that yesterday. No, it's different. He got an anointing. It hits different when he does it. Wow. Um, and he knows that. But he doesn't. He's like not co- like you can tell. He's he, it's fun. Like he has a good. He genuinely has a good time. He seems incredibly present. Yes. You know, like there are some performers who just end up throwing out their skills, but yeah. they don't put their heart in it, and you can't really tell if they're enjoying themselves. They're just kind of they have a routine. Yeah. No, he seems really present. Oh my gosh, this whole this whole recap just warmed my heart. <laughs> Yes. So that's Thank you for going see. to see his show. So you could tell me about it. No <laughs> problem. It was fabulous. I have videos. I will show you them later. Please. Um, but yeah, so I guess the last question, what's on your heart? What is on my heart? Yeah. How you doing? How you feeling? 
Mm, there's a lot of transition these days. There's a lot of transition. Girl. Yes. I just got a new job. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Yes. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> so it's it's a really great vibe. I really like the people that I work with. Um, I'm learning a lot about Excel spreadsheets. You know, you know what I think is funny? What? That school system that we had <laughs> taught us so much about so little. <laughs> but all the things that we need, it was just like, eh, you're not going to use this. I can't tell you. That's how. a full class. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I am honestly a completely new woman as of the last two weeks. <laughs> yes. You know how, like, they say that you end up replacing all of your cells every seven years. So you are a completely different person every seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As of the last two weeks, I've learned so much about Excel. <laughs> I'm a brand new individual. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it's really, really good. Yeah. So that's really been on my heart, I think. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I feel like what's been on my heart, um, just the idea of, like coming back essentially to like old routines and habits like I feel like February mm -hmm. it was weird like January was fun you know you're like on fire you're like yeah I got all these goals mm -hmm. or like whatever mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that type of stuff February came and it was like sit down it was just a rough month like everyone it really I know, was they were we were like and we had an extra day to deal with it for real, like February had bodies on it, like it was a rough all around yeah. situation. Yeah. But by like th something about March, which I mean, both of our birthdays are in March. Hi. Um, but I was like, girl, you gotta get it together. <laughs> gotta recalibrate. You need to <laughs> drink some water, go to the gym, something like get your healthiness back. So that's what sort of been on my, and it's been good because I was like, just sort of re, reimagining my schedule, shifting things around yeah. to where you're doing more optimal work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's, that's sort of been what's on my heart. Like just recalibrate. Like you can't, you, you can't stay in the lull forever. I like that. So yeah, that's, that's what's been on my heart, but let's go and get into this little topic. Okay. All right. So we're going to start with, we gave each other both an album to listen to. Mm -hmm. And we're going to name what the albums are now. Okay? Okay. All right. So my choice was Hoax by Kevin Garrett. And my album that I assigned Dominique is The Black Cat Neighborhood by Falula. All right, so both of these are very feely. Yes. One's angsty, one is more melancholy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but let's go into, like, why did we pick these songs? Yeah, yeah, why did we pick these albums? <laughs> yeah, so why did we pick these? <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Sure, I can. All right. So... Why did I, I picked Hoax because this, okay, so when I, I first found Kevin, mm. when I was, I think, a senior in college, okay. and 
he was the perfect type of sad. Like there was no, there's no other way to me for me to describe how how Kevin Garrett feels like sonically. Um, and I was just like, you. He also has a voice that feels old and young. He has lyrics that feel old and young. That's true. And for me, like I was like, I just really resonated with his sound and mm-hmm. his lyrics. Mm-hmm. And so I've literally followed his career since then. I've seen him five times, probably four or five times. I have a tattoo with one of his songs on my body. Just one? Yeah, just one right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> right now. Who knows? This could change later. Do you have an Excel spreadsheet with lyrics that are getting ready to get tatted on your body? Um, no, but I mean, there are some that I like definitely thought I'm like, that would be a perfect tattoo line, but it's like, where do you want? I have a lot of tattoos at this point. So Mm -hmm. you got to remember space and yes, that's true. That's true. (laughs) How often you want people to see them because people ask questions. Um, and actually the tattoo I have of his is like in a place that almost no one sees it because it's like inside my hand and like very rarely, unless my hand's fully turned over, do you notice it? But do you notice it? Oh, yes, I do. And it's a solid song. See, that's the key. key. (laughs) Um, But Hoax Itself is his debut album. Um, It had just came out actually last year. So even though he's been in the game for about seven years now. Okay. Seven-ish years, maybe six. And he's what, 20? He'll be 29. 29. Yes, he's born five days before me. So he is also a March birthday, okay, okay, yes. okay. He's also an Aries. <laughs> <laughs> For the people who are like, where does this go? Um, but this this album was like, I waited for this album. I was like, come on. Like, I'm like, yes, you can give me these little five EPs. And I love every song. I love the singles. But I'm like, I want a full album. And so when he finally, he left Rock Nation. Um, mm-hmm. He's also a Grammy winner. Because he wrote for Lemonade, he wrote the first song on Lemonade, Pray You Catch Me. If you ever hear him perform it, it's different than it does when Beyonce performs it. I'm not saying it's wrong. Wow. I'm saying it's Kevin. (laughs) I never knew. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm learning so much. Keep telling me things. Keep telling me things. But, um... I was just really excited because now he's on AWOL and he just, I don't know, to me, he has this really old like feel to him and he's a a crooner and he writes from a place that you can tell is deeply personal and very, very reflective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very Mm -hmm. hard thing to do and put out and then perform on stages every, you know, for like long periods of time. He goes on tour for long stints of time. Um, he's randomly always here. <laughs> I appreciate it because I get to see him a lot. But um, no, so I just really, I really loved Hoax. And it actually was one of my featured albums of the year from last year. Um, and actually, Kevin Garrett is one of my artists of the decade. Okay. He is my artist of the decade, according to Spotify. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I picked it because I was just like, I think I talk about him a lot and people don't actually understand. They really don't. The the impact that he, like, they don't understand how talented he actually is. Lyrically, 
like he is also a multi like multifaceted musician. He plays piano, he plays violin, he plays guitar, and yeah. he helps produce a lot of his album. He works with yeah. great artists. Um, if anyone remembers Third Story, when Third Story was a thing, um, they did background vocals for Elliot Skinner. Did a lot of the background vocals oh. for this album. So it's like kind of dope oh. because. That's also a band that I've like watched sort yeah. of grow and stuff like that. And they're now each doing their own things. But yeah, so I was just like, I feel like someone else needs to understand and like just live in this world with me for a little bit. Yes. So that's why I picked. I'm glad that you um, you presented me with a forceful invitation to live in this world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because yeah, I had no idea about Kevin Garrett, how he's been out here like that. But he's not really flashy about it. At all. He's he, not even flashy about his own stuff. Zero percent. And when I say flashy, I mean, he doesn't do necessarily... I guess he's on Instagram, but he doesn't really, like, promote his own stuff. He's not really... I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's very just chill. being himself. Yeah, and I think that that's what I always sort of loved about him is, like, there are no frills. Like, you very much so just see Kevin Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. Like, this kid from Pittsburgh who yeah. <laughs> writes songs in his parents' house and makes, I don't know, like, literally he, when now that he makes songs randomly that are, like, a little bit more upbeat, mm-hmm. we're all, like, <gasps> like, literally all his fans are, like, <laughs> we got an upper, and it's really not. Like, it's, it's no faster than any of the other songs. Oh just has a stronger bass line. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but he also just, he had, it's weird, he's someone that has, like, a swagger. Mm-hmm. But without it, like he doesn't, like he's also a little like nerdy. Like he looks like the kid you grew up next door to. He just really is himself. And I almost wonder if that's because he still has some kind of sense of anonymity right now. Yeah, probably. Because I mean, but it's also weird because I know that like he is well known because of like who he's worked with. Yeah. And also, like, who knows him? Uh-huh. Like, Sophia Bush and him are friends. And I'm like, Brooke Stop. Davis? And, and Kevin? The Brooke Davis? <laughs> exactly. If you didn't watch One Tree Hill, you will not get that reference. <laughs> but it's okay. It's a good show. You should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I've been re-watching that as well. Um, where I'm at in season two, Brooke Davis just won class president. Love it. Great. Great recap. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. But yeah, so that's essentially why I picked that. But you should tell us why you picked Black Cat Neighborhood by Falula. Okay. So I don't know that I really communicated this to you up front, but I really, 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 really struggled in picking an album. I went through maybe three or four different choices And there were some that I really liked lyrically. There were some that had a really big impact on me in my life. And then there were some I appreciated musically, but sometimes there wasn't a whole lot of overlap. And I was also trying to pick an album where I liked the majority of the body of work. And that's not normally how I operate. I usually listen to playlists or one-offs. I create my own like almost musical mood boards. So I don't necessarily go through albums like that. Wow, we are so different. I think I'm one of the few people that's an album person. I think there's a classic, there's a classic element about listening to a full album. 
I, I, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes I listen to a full album and I feel like a mature adult and I'm like, wow, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) That's because some albums be hours long. You'd be like, bruh, you said less. Right. Right. And then sometimes the album feels kind of disjointed. So you're Mm -hmm. like, what roller coaster am I on? This is not a ride I signed up for. <laughs> but I really appreciated the Black Cat Neighborhood for its musicality on the whole. I really, really love that. So Falula is really this singer's stage name. Her full name is, let me grab it from my phone, Maria Christina Apetri. Oh. And she is a Danish singer-songwriter. She lived in Copenhagen until she was about nine, but she mostly grew up on the road doing dancing tours in Eastern Europe and then came to New York at age 21 to dance. But sometime soon after that, she went back to Denmark to focus on her music. So all of... I, I kind of hear knowing... All of her dancing background, you hear that rhythmic element in all of her stuff. It's I feel like it's just on point. I really appreciate that about the album. I also heard this album at a time in my life where I really I really needed to hear women respect themselves without disrespecting other people. Ooh, I love that. And I feel like Falula does that really well in this album. There are certain tracks that I actively dislike on this album, and we can talk about those in a second. But but I, yeah, on the whole, end up feeling just more encouraged to embrace the messiness of life and all of your inner workings. When, when I listen to this album. Ooh, I like that. So, now we're just going to talk about the content of both of these albums. Yes. Since you mentioned the lyrics, what what were the lyrics that stood out to you most in this? Especially, like, in the, in the track that you just said of respecting, women respecting themselves, which is like, I mean, how perfect. International Women's Month right now. So tell me a little bit about that. Right. Well, let me look up the lyrics right quick. Yes. Um, The song, I Lay My Head. Yes. We talked about this briefly. We didn't get into it too much. We wanted to save it for this. Exactly. That's good. This song basically talks about, uh, for those of you who haven't heard it, I Lay My Head talks about uh, that that scenario where maybe you're not with your significant other anymore and you're consistently remembering um, that it was really nice to be with them but that they weren't good for you. Well, well. And so the lyrics read, I lay my head where your heart used to be. I keep the left side for you when I sleep. I miss the heat and the weight of a man, but I'm too good to fall back in your hands. That's actually, that one did stand out in my mind. I remember that song distinctly. Yes. Yes. And 
she could, I mean, I especially mentioned respecting yourself without disrespecting others. She just very, I felt like I, I'm just so impressed by the way that she boiled all of that down into such a, a simple statement. Like, she didn't have to bash anybody, mm-hmm. and she didn't have to put anybody's business on blast, but still recognized her worth. Um, I can't even. I can't even. So I, I really appreciate that. And then overall, the musicality. She does a lot of vocalizations in between lyrics or verse to chorus. Mm-hmm. A lot of oohs and ahs and ohs and the way that those are arranged they almost they almost act as an exclamation point on what she just said sometimes yeah she also uses percussion in that same way yeah there's like a lot of staccato moments yeah um and even like the slow tracks like the way she like does things on an offbeat so like you distinctly listen to what she's saying but it also like pushes forward it's like you can appreciate both of them at the same time. Yeah, she leaves space for both. Yeah. I don't think that one overshadows the other. I really appreciate the wholeness of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And then there are, um, you know, the opening track is only human. And the lines are, don't come near me. I'm only human. <laughs> I mean, come on. Again... Thank you for the simplicity because I feel that so often. I just think about my own imperfections all the time and how sometimes people might think that you have it together. They think that you can offer them an answer or maybe they expect something from you and you're like, oh, please don't be disappointed or please don't be hurt by me. I really don't have it together. I really don't know what's going on. I just got here. (laughs) If we all could just say that to each other, we just got here. Yeah. Even at like our oldest, at the oldest age, like we are such minuscule in like the span of this world, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So there's like, there is something so special about being like, I'm only human. I only have so many answers. Mm -hmm. I only have so many experiences that I've actually gone through. Yeah. That can speak to. So. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. And it also speaks to how I will definitely let you down. And it's like, you may think of me as, I don't know, some sort of, you know, we have these these expectations of other people. You are a certain kind of persona or you have some sort of status, whatever that may be. So whatever words you say to me carry an extra weight. And sometimes that person doesn't know about the extra weight or where it comes from. And then you get stung. And I, I just would really love for people to know that I am human. Mostly I just don't want people to be intimidated by me. Why do you, do you feel like people are intimidated? I've had people tell me. Yeah. But what have they said? What makes you feel intimidating in general or is it just like they just say that they say that and then sometimes um i think people get the impression that i am more calm and collected than i actually am that's real and 
So when they see that I'm not flustered very often, in, in a public way at least, then I don't know. Like The more that you think somebody has it together and the more aware you are of your own insecurities, the less comfortable you feel around that person. So yeah, I've had a lot of people over the years tell me that they were either intimidated by me or they just thought I was like, wow, too cool or... I don't know that I just, there's always some sort of like um, unconscious dismissal of my humanity, which they don't intend to do. They just kind of forget that like, yeah, I think I said this when I was on your podcast last time, like I too struggle with getting toothpaste out of the tube. Like, <laughs> like I'm a mess. <laughs> Yes. We're all a mess, and it's okay. It's really okay. It is okay. Yeah. We all struggle with it. Yeah. Especially depending on how you actually take toothpaste out of it. Yes. I mean, true. True. Because, you know, there's two methods. Yeah. There's two for different people in this world. Yes. But if I could talk for a moment. Yes. About the songs that I actively dislike on this album. Come through. Can I just say I don't like the title track? I don't like the song Black Cat Neighborhood. Um, can I ask? I didn't get it. I also don't get it. It feels like it ironically does not belong on the album. It doesn't match anything else that she did for this album. I feel like she's reaching. She's trying to be more experimental than than is really natural for her and oh my gosh I also just the lyrics like don't just don't don't talk about licking don't talk about (laughs) and also I'm like is it from the perspective of a cat yes that's weird I think so (laughs) and then there's a random line in French that I looked up and it translates you are not my brother and I know that the whole song is is meant to be about how, I don't know, cats are very standoffish and you kind of have to earn the love of a cat, but you still might not be accepted tomorrow, even if they love you today. I get it. I get it. I respect cats. <laughs> <laughs> I respect them. I, I myself, I think, am a bit of a cat person. I get what you mean. Yes, you get what I mean. You get what I mean. And I still I still don't appreciate this song. I just it's it says it doesn't make sense. I don't appreciate this song. There's also um, a track about New York. There is. I don't appreciate that song. I really love the music. Yeah, the musicality of it is yes. to me. It makes it but also because of the musicality, it almost makes it stand out like Black Cat Neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Because it's so, it's so rock, percussive, mm-hmm. like a lot of kick drum. Mm-hmm. And you're like... It's a different band almost. It, it literally feels like a different band. Yeah. It's a completely different band. Like, oh, this is a new group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I also... I, I think now living in New York, 
when I hear people talk about New York, I'm like, do you know what you're talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm incredibly hesitant. I, I'm not, I'm not staunch on the, on the opposition to songs about New York, but I'm incredibly hesitant to, to co-sign songs about New York, especially if you haven't lived here for a long time, or if you don't know about the cultural milieu, like, (laughs) it's real. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of people out here romanticizing the city and people do that all over the world. So it's not just New York, but now that I live here, I, I think, um, I, I look down on that a little bit more. That and the last song, Wailing, which we talked a little bit before we got on the mic. The, the lyrics, if I could just read the lyrics as a poem that's not meant to make sense, but is meant to sort of leave me with an enigmatic sense of empowerment, okay. Do you see how, how long she had to explain that, y'all? Uh-huh. Like, literally. <laughs> Just to, to frame, this song is at the very end, and it starts with 20 minutes, twenty seconds of silence. So you don't know, like you, like I was listening to it streaming, but I was like doing something, mm-hmm. and then for a second I was like, wait, why did the album stop? Because yeah. I, was, it, I saw that there was still another track. It's like a hidden track, <laughs> but it's. I don't know. I think it was meant for the CD days. It probably was. Also, this album, for context, did come out in 2011. Yes. So, like, no, we weren't still using CDs, but you could still buy CDs. There was a lot more access. Yeah. And, I mean, people still buy CDs, I I guess. You should. <laughs> Question mark? Um, but yeah. <laughs> buy yeah. vinyl instead. I don't know. Like. <laughs> yeah, but as far as the... The composition, the musical component, I don't know what I could do without. It was okay. It was <laughs> it's all right. A, and it sucks because it's the, set, it's the last song on the album. Yeah. So it's the one that don't you Don't leave like. us with that. Yeah. It's Why? the one that, you, that will stick with you, potentially. It's true. And when you think about the opening track and how the strings just draw you in, and then it's almost like the album gets... I'm not really doing a great job of promoting this album, but it's like it's like it gets watered down by the very last track. Yeah. You're just pouring water on it until there's no flavor. <laughs> Ooh. But you know, I this song this album was also incredibly formative for me in terms of my own vocal stylings. Facts. So uh Christina sings. For real, for real. She's she's not playing a game out here. Okay. And you can tell, like when I listened to this album before I even talked to you today, I was like, this, like, I could tell that you, this is someone that you studied a little bit, mm-hmm. which is kind of dope to like be like, oh, I can, I can hear the influence. Yeah. Yeah. I really love Falula's vibrato. And I appreciate the way that she leans into both like a jazzy feel and an indie pop mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah. 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 But she also has, she has a deeper tone. She does. She is definitely an alto. Mm-hmm. We don't have many. <laughs> or we have a lot and people don't know. But no, she's she's good. She has a... 
to me the the thing that stuck out definitely was the music the musicality of the whole album it's dynamic like even though it ends like how you're saying on a watered down note Mm -hmm. it is a dynamic album so you don't get necessarily bored because you're like oh this is like a new sound here I think that the way she paced the album was perfect. Yeah. Because, yeah, you don't get, like, slow song, slow song, slow song, fast song, slow song, slow song, slow song. You know, it's not. Yeah. I definitely don't get tired of listening to it. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah, it is. Why don't you tell me about Hoax? Yes. So, the content of Hoax, like I said, it is a melancholy. This is a this is an album that is slow. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little sad. A little. <laughs> wow, like it, or it's just real, you know, or it's just honest. Yeah. But it's sad. It is sad. Yeah, he's um, a sad boy. He's a sad boy, but I <laughs> love that sad boy. It's fine. Um, and. Like I said, this was an this was an album that defined my 2019 um, mm. pretty deeply. Uh, it was pretty high up on my ranking for my favorite albums of the of last year. And even though it was sad to me, there are pockets of like hope and like the writing in this album is some of the best that I think that he's ever done, which is dumb because I think that every piece that he's ever done is the best. Like mm-hmm. every, and I don't mean like every song, but I mean like every time he puts out an EP, I'm like, wow, you like leveled up. Wow. And that to me is very difficult to do Yeah. lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um, some people I know like listen to music more for like the musicality. Like they only listen to the music and mm-hmm. then eventually they'll be like, oh, there are lyrics here. Whereas, yeah. like, I'm the opposite. I probably mm-hmm. listen to the lyrics first, and then I'm like, oh, there's, like, there is, I'll notice the music, and I can appreciate it, but, like, I'm not going to pick up, like, every instrument that I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he does, what he does well is he plays on different intangible things and makes them tangible. Yeah. So, like, Smoke is one of my is one of my favorites on there. Um, and like the first line of the song is like, don't let the rain rain in if we have all night. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. Like it's, and he also plays on these ideas of like faith and belief. Yeah, he and really does. A lot. I loved his lyric. Do I pray? No, but I have faith you might. Which is like the whole chorus of a song. Like, stop with your lyrical <laughs> genius. Like, the also the phrasing of it. Because sometimes it's not just the lyrics that he's written, but the phrasing, the way that he situates it within the verse or the chorus. Oh my gosh, it's masterful. It is. And actually, like, in Smoke, the same thing happens. Um, we're turning old... I see no reason. Give me something new that I can feel. If no one knows what I believe in, whatever I am, I will disappear. And you're like, but how do you make you smoke? Like, how do you make you tangible? Like, I will just meld into anything. And so, like, I think metaphorically, like, yes, it's it it is heady writing. Like, it's not. 
but it's also deeply reflective of being like, I feel like I'm a vapor in your world. Mm. Like, I don't feel ouch. like I exist. Oh, ouch. Oh. Really? That's <laughs> not even my favorite one, though. <laughs> my favorite, I have two favorites. Okay, tell me. So my favorite song of, like, the whole album is Telescopes. Oh, I wrote that one down as one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Telescopes. Talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. Um, I'm sorry. Just the way that... So first of all, the sonics. The sonics of this song are, like, haunting. Like, they have, like, a... Yes. They have, like, a... a like, a dip. Like, the... Per- there's a bit of a lilt. Yes. Yes. And then towards the end, there's more tension. And it and it the the writing on top of those that oh sonic is done. Yes. Um, like the chorus. So just for context, the chorus is: I want to settle down. I think that we should talk. You're gonna knock me out, and I'll get carried off. But I'm scared to stop because oh, I can see your heartbeat through your teeth. No, you're not fooling anyone but me. You're not fooling anyone but me. And like the way he says it, it sounds like it's like creepy. It's almost like, and like there's like a at the at the end there's like this almost trill up on like whatever instrument that is, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh! Like honestly, I feel like when he sings, you be like, did I hurt you? Like that's what's, <laughs> you're like I've been taking this personally, or did I live this? I'm not sure. But telescope to me has it just has. The first, I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, I feel like I'm being haunted. Like, I don't know. And not in a bad way, but just like in a, huh. I feel this in its, in its completion. Mm -hmm. And I think also because of how we listen to music. Mm -hmm. So we listen to music in our ears Mm -hmm. for the most part now. It's not like you're listening to it so much in a car or in open spaces, especially because we live in New York. Yeah. And so, like, you can be fully... To me, Hoax is an album that you are fully entrapped in a storyline. That you are sort of... You do have to ride the wave of it. Yeah. Um, Which, I guess, unlike Black Cat Neighborhood, it ends somewhat, like, it's... The end song is actually happy. Like, it's like a... It's like a hope... There's a hope in it. Um... Which I I don't know like to me like that that song just stuck out. It's the eighth track. It's so it's like in the middle, and also that what's also strange to me is it's thirteen tracks, but it's fifty something minutes. He did it. He, he I mean he really did that thing. Yeah. And then my other favorite song. Yes. Is love you less. Okay. Oh oh yeah 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 yeah. Talk about that. Talk about that. Talk about that. <laughs> so um. This song, I think, I feel like we've all been in this moment where, like, you, you're you with someone and you're like, I messed up. Mm-hmm. You messed up. Yes. And in that, like, we have to figure out a way to be like, we have to move through that. And because the reality is there's no love lost because we both, we both messed up to each other. Yeah. And to me, that song is the epitome of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, again, the lyrics. Like, the, I always, like, it's, it, it's almost a song where they're like, I want to mess up with you again. I want to mess up with you often. I want to mess up with you away from everything else. 
because they know that they're like it's like you know that there's judgment in it yeah. you know that people looking at this is like this is lethal this mm-hmm. is volatile this mm-hmm. won't work mm-hmm. and so to have this song after the title track it's just it's a it's an interesting juxtaposition which is literally called the, it's, it's not like i'm saying hoax is the title track the song is called title track i love that <laughs> I love that. I was like, wow, you're really out here doing things. <laughs> it's like you are a true poet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when I was listening to Running From. Yes. Oh, my word. It, it follows along a similar line of I've messed up and you've messed up. Uh, kind of what you were saying. But they remind me of the messiness of yeah being hurt by someone that you that you love but you know that you have to decide what you think about them outside of what they say or do yes so they can't convince you of like anything after they've hurt you but you you have to choose what you believe next yeah that song was so powerful for me i love that because yeah, I mean, I found myself in that position so many times in, in in all of my relationships, family, friendships, whatever. Like, you have to decide what you believe about people once they've hurt you because, I mean, they love you, but they hurt you. And what are you going to believe? What are you going to do next? Yeah, which I think that, I mean, to me, that's a reoccurring theme for him. Yeah. Like that, I, I feel like almost that sentiment is almost in every song. Mm. On this album specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I would agree with that. Um, because I think if you, like for me, like I also know his older work and I know like Melodrama, which was his first EP that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell it was different. It was like he wanted someone to love him mm. like but he didn't want to pursue but he, he it was like it was not in the sense of like oh. you know how like guys are like i don't like with all of us right now are complaining why ain't guys out here pursuing but it's like he doesn't want to intrude and you can tell even in how he mm. how he how he performs his music how he writes his music i think that that's why he goes under the radar and he's sort of like like he's not trying to invade in your world but it's an invitation. Like, if you want me here, here I am. And I think that that's sort of where I've, if you listen to his music, like the entire discography, mm-hmm. you can see the evolution of like, okay, I want you here, but I'm not going to push. And then you're here now, but I don't really know if I want to be. And then now to have hoax where it's like, we were in it and we messed up. And it was good, and mm-hmm. then it was bad, mm-hmm. and all of these different things. And then now to go to his newest EP, um, which let me look up the name of it because I love that one too. Oh, Made Up Lost Time, mm-hmm. uh, which also has more upbeat things, but it's also like it's reflective of like where do we go next? What's mm-hmm. next for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me I love the, I love seeing the progression of an artist. Yeah. And the theme progress. Yeah, you get to grow with them. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, this is how you're feeling right now." 
Yeah, I remember when you didn't want to pursue people because you didn't want to be self-important or invasive. <laughs> exactly. But three EPs later, look at you. <laughs> with this whole debut album. <laughs> Growth. You out here with somebody. And y'all might not be good for each other, but like, it's okay. You're young. We'll Wait, get through it. Is he with somebody? Um, Supposedly he was with Alessia Cara for a while. Oh, <laughs> Which is also awkward because they both make music and they both make music about each other. That would be weird. That's like, yeah, they definitely both would like write some very honest and artistically vulnerable lyrics. Exactly. Yes. Which I, I mean, also it's not like cheesy because yeah. they truly are like, the lyrics are like A1. Yeah. So. That's true. When I was listening to this album, I had never listened to anything by by him before. Yeah. And I just, I really appreciated the, I guess I would call it a gentle intensity. Yes. He does have a gentle intensity. Yeah. Because he talks about hard things, but in a gentle way. Mm Mm-hmm. And he'll talk about relationship issues that... You know, when you encounter them in daily life, those things are completely abrupt. Mm. They disrupt your way of life and you don't know how to function. But the language that he uses to describe them is like, it's like a bomb. Yeah. I mean, even the song that is my tattoo, which is called Refuse. It was a single that came out by itself. Um, the line literally starts, the song starts out, I'm okay alone. It makes my soul stare. Hmm. which loneliness is such a big topic in our culture. Yeah. Um, So to have something like that, to be like, I'm okay. And then also to say, it makes my soul stir. Like that means like, that's true contentment. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm here. And then to go on to the chorus of, um, Essentially, like, this, the chorus is saying, you can't, I don't want to conform. Like, I refuse to do that. And so even if that means that I will be alone because I won't conform, that's where I'll stay. That's essentially what refuses. Dang. Well, now I have to go listen to that. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Refuse. 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 Yeah. Okay. Because he always is told to go back home, and he refuses to. <laughs> I mean, it's very much so my life story. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the content for me. So how are you? How does Black Cat Neighborhood? Yeah, helped you move through life and like now. Like you said, it's a very impactful mm-hmm. album. How mm-hmm. has it made you sort of move through life now? Well, I really appreciate that Falula was not embarrassed to talk about the things that she kind of goes back and forth on. She goes back and forth about, uh, you know, let's say, um, I think it's Use It For Good. I think that's what the song is called. And, oh my gosh, this song is amazing. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. And I I love how 
it paints this full picture or, or, or tells this full story of this couple that are, you know, maybe, maybe one person is saying to the other, Hey, get it together, provide for us or, or commit or whatever it is that's going to provide stability because I I really want to be with you, but I don't know what you're doing. And, and then, you know, there comes a moment where, um, all hell breaks loose and you both survive. And after that, you know, you're, you're clinging to one another, but is that where true happiness comes from or true contentment comes from? Because now maybe you're clinging to each other so much that you're driving each other crazy. Yes. And again, like that's just so true of all relationships. And that's a part of the reason too why I wouldn't say that Falula was the reason for, for one of my earlier statements about how I don't want to cling to people and act like I own them or like they're just kind of permanent furniture in my life that I can expect to be there all the time. But I think that this album really encourages me to embrace the unknowns and that it's okay, especially the song Bridges. We can we can go there, we can do this, we can do that. And if we get wet in the process because we had to go under a bridge and through a river, we'll, we'll, we'll dry. We'll get dry afterward. Mm-hmm. And so, I yeah, embracing the messiness of, of life is something that this album helps me to do. And then also helps me to remember, yes, I can respect myself without disrespecting other people. I don't like that sometimes uh, <laughs> that women who are trying to draw healthy boundary lines in their lives, uh, they especially when it comes to um, boundaries with men, that sometimes they'll bash men or, or just kind of... Um, yeah, some form of character assassination. Mm-hmm. That's not the way either. That doesn't make you more free mm-hmm. from whatever it is, whatever hold that you feel like other people are trying to have on you. And then sometimes women feel like they need to be superior to other women, as though other women are a threat to them. And other women have it out to get them or just waiting to stab them in the back. Or I don't know. I mean, you could... You can name a million different kinds of scenarios, but yeah, I, this album just makes me feel less worried about not having it together, and it makes me feel more comfortable in in the self-respect that I have and how that could manifest in a healthy way. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. And obviously, like, I, I love the way that she sings, so I I put that to practice sometimes. Yeah. We're going to make her put it to practice a lot. Okay. 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 <laughs> so how... Now I forgot how eloquently you put that question when you asked me. Um, so I will just slide that same question on over to you. Yes. No problem. <laughs> um... Well, hope I feel like multiple things happen. Mm-hmm. I want to write songs like yes. Kevin writes songs. Yeah, that has been like a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. I, it's not like a new thing that I like the lyrics of stuff. 
I've always had an ear for lyrics. Um, yes. I would love to write a song that's that powerful or like an album that's this powerful, mm. but subtle. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, there are amazing songwriters out right now, but he's definitely one of my favorites. Mm. Uh, also, I think Hoax, like many of the other albums that I have been recently listened to and I can listen to almost at any given time, they remind me to feel. Oh. And that sounds crazy because everyone's like, you always feel things, whether you are conscious of it, but like mm-hmm. consciously feeling. Um, you don't write stuff like this without being present in what's happening right now. Yeah. Like you have to be present in the relationship to go through the thing. Mm-hmm. You have to be present in everything you do. And I think rather than just holding on to it and like you have to like recognize it and like go through the motions of it and i think that that's something that it's literally a learned skill for me like i i work a lot i do a lot of things so it's easy to just be like you're fine you're fine you're fine because also really when people ask you how you are like you have to actually check do they actually care or can i hit you with a good and keep it moving and so i think that this album reminds me to feel it reminds me to document what that what it was mm-hmm. um and also just to like go deep with people yes i think that for a lot of time like especially right now in relationships um whether they be romantic or friendships or whatever the case may be i think that we've created the space that we can have shallow relationships that don't really feel like they should exist. Like they, like there's like, and I, I'm someone that like, I love deep mm-hmm. and I love in a way that like, it, it just happens. Like I, like you, like I, I'm like, oh, okay, we're here now. <laughs> um, but with that comes all the things. Mm-hmm. It comes the heartache, it comes the, well, now I have to figure this out and, or like you have to adjust, you have compromise. And I think like we are, cancel culture isn't just celebrities. Cancel culture exists in our relationships. Yeah. And so you can't run at the first sign of conflict. You can't run at the first moment where it's like, I don't really like this. Like, yes, if they're toxic, I'm not saying to stay around. Like, I'm not saying that. Right. What I do mean is people are so complex. They have so many layers. And like even when you listen to this album, I'm I'm not kidding. Like if Google what Kevin Garrett looks like, you would so many people, I and I know this because I've told so many people to listen to him and they're like, nah, I don't really know about that. And then they hear him and they're like, wait, what? And it's like, I mean, just like we were talking about with Alan Stone. Like yeah. Imagine how many times we do that in real life with people that you're around all the time. Mm. Or like you meet someone, you're like, oh, they're dope. But it's like, yeah, but we should probably figure out why you think they're dope Mm -hmm. and how like, like what you can learn. We can all learn so many things from each other. So for me, I think that like, it just reminds me like go deeper. 
Like, mm. you don't have to go deep with everybody, but like with the people that you really ride with, if you sitting here having the same conversation six times or like you can't cry to them or you can't go through real life with them, then nah, like we gonna do this again. We're gonna try. Yeah. So I think for me, this album just reminds me like the depth of what relationships can be and mm. the beauty mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. all of the realness and the humanness that can exist in all of them. There is going to be moments where you have to have belief for you and another person. Where you have to have love for you and another person more than they can love you back. And it's not saying that it will always be that way, but if it exists, it exists in that moment. Yes. So. Well, dang. (laughs) (laughs) I've sat with this album for a long time, y'all. You have. Remember, I was depressed last year. (laughs) Um, But... So now we're going to switch gears. Okay. We're going to switch from the albums. Please go listen to both of these. I'm going to put the links to all the things in the show notes so you can go check them out. But now we're going to talk about our, our shows that we picked. Yes. So what show did you pick for me? I picked the show Please Like Me. Currently, if you want to stream it, you can find it on Hulu. Also, we'll put the link in the, in the thing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, (laughs) how do I describe (laughs) Please Like Me? Well, let me first start with the creator. Also, pause. Just so you know, if you don't want spoilers. Oh, yes. You may. We're only going to be talking about the first episode. So, it's not like we're even going to give all the things away. Right. But... But we will be talking about key moments in the first episode of both of these shows. Yes. So. So if that's not something that you want to hear, perhaps pause. And then go watch. I'll say my show. It's on my block on Netflix now. Hey. <laughs> and guess what? The third season comes out next week. Hallelujah. I saw that. I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to be have something I'm... to do all weekend. <laughs> Yes, like I'm really ready to get into this show. Um, yeah, we can we can talk more about that later. But I'll I'll just say when Dominique first told me about On My Block, it was way before we were gonna talk about this way on the podcast. And I remember telling her, I just don't know how I feel about watching kids on TV. But here we are, y'all. Here we are, and. I I can't get enough. Like, I watched really late last night in preparation for this episode, and I wanted to go to, this, to episode two. But I was like, no, Christina, no. You gotta, <laughs> gotta go to sleep. You got an early day tomorrow and a late night to follow. <laughs> yes. We're gonna get into that. So, yes. Please Like Me and On My Block are the two shows. Yes. So, if you don't want to be spoiled yet, hop off, watch the shows, and then come back. Okay. Okay. Now. So, why'd you pick this one? Please like me. Why did I pick this? Well, when I first saw this show, it just it just kind of jumped out at me on Hulu as a recommendation. I had zero things to do that day, and I thought, why not just spend half an hour and suspend judgment? <laughs> and I was so pleasantly surprised. This is an Australian show. Yes. And it was 
majority written by Josh Thomas, who also plays the main character, Josh. Yes. <laughs> and it's uh, it's modeled after his own life. Not as though it was a step-by-step replay, mm-hmm. but there are definitely themes from personal life that he wrote into this show. To give you a little context for... <laughs> For where this show is going, uh, there's a lot that happens in the first episode. There's a lot that happens in the first episode for both of our shows. Yes, actually. I didn't realize that until I like had because I watched both of them and I was like, Yeah, I watched them these both. Are thick, five-minute shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much, and that means it's really incredible writing too. It is the writing team on both. Probably yeah, a one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so within the first thirty seconds of Please Like Me, the main character, Josh, is sitting with his girlfriend, and they're about to have this delicious, beautiful, decadent dessert. Yes, it's a $19 Sunday. Yes. $19. It's huge, though, y'all. It is. It's huge. It is. And it comes with an extra little... Um, an extra little pitcher of hot syrup that you can pour on it. You know, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. So anyway, first 30 seconds. There, I mean, ice cream's important, so I'm glad that we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the girlfriend breaks up with Josh. She says, we've drifted, mm-hmm. and you're gay. And he said, I, no, 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 I, I'm not. And she's like, Josh, Josh, you're probably gay. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I promise you I'm not. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> well. <laughs> and this is how we kick it off. <laughs> and there are some, uh, there are a few unbelievable circumstances that you see throughout this episode and the rest of the show. Just, just suspend your disbelief. Have fun when you're watching it. Um, but I love how this this is meant to be, um, it was originally meant to be a drama mm-hmm. that has humor in it. A dramedy. If you will. Yeah. <laughs> and so Josh is asking himself a lot of questions about who he is and what kind of people he's interested in and... Beyond that, oof, the rest of this episode gets a little heavier. Yeah. Because Josh ends up, day of the breakup, ends up <laughs> with a dude in his bed. Like, that dude was so random. So random, but because I've seen all four seasons, I have a little bit more context. Okay. Right. Which we can talk about if we get there, but it's not necessary for this part of the conversation. And um, and then the next morning, he's still trying to make sense of this complete shift that has happened in his life. And he wakes up to a bunch of voicemails. His mom was admitted to the hospital because she attempted suicide. Yes. And this actually draws from the writer Josh Thomas's personal life. Wow. Yeah. His mom attempted suicide when he was a teenager, and he saw that, you know, TV shows weren't really talking about that. 
And his own mom was really embarrassed of it after the fact. So I read an interview where he was explaining that they wanted to do this in a really tasteful, sensitive way and, and still um, not oversimplify the, the attempt of suicide. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of talked about how television will maybe try to explain it with one reason maybe two, I don't know, but they, they generally oversimplify the fact that there are a multitude of reasons why somebody might want to take their own life. Mm-hmm. And that the more research you do on why people end up trying to take their lives, a lot of the time people feel like they're doing others a favor. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. And so he really wanted to speak to that personal experience in his own life, but also give other people an opportunity to, to really see that this is, this is something that, that affects all of us, that we, we're all affected by suicide in, in some kind of way. And um, he wanted to give people language for that conversation and still add in, you know, a playful sense of awkward humor and just like, wow, isn't life uncomfortable? You know, mm-hmm. all of these terrible things have happened, but I guess we're just, we're just here. I don't know, you know, and, he, and so he, he really tries to bring hope into it. And some of that you hear in uh, the musical accompaniment. There's just a few accents here and there that lighten the mood when when you think that a conversation might hit very heavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, in general, I think they really play up the, the cringy moments. <laughs> like there's a moment in the first episode, he's trying to get changed in his bedroom while this new dude is just hanging out, still in the bedroom with him. But for whatever reason, he won't. Josh won't leave the room to go get changed. He makes it a whole thing. I can't even describe it to you. I can't even describe He's it. He's literally behind a door. Like he pulls the door, and it's like a sliver of a size. Yeah, and he and it keeps. <laughs> it keeps moving, and he keeps pulling it yeah. back. Yeah. It felt very chewing gum. Ah yes. If you've ever watched mm-hmm. chewing gum for reference. Mm-hmm. A little awkward. Yeah. A little cringy, but you yes. move, you make it through. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the humor tends to be really dry, but I I super appreciate that as a tool for navigating some of these heavier yeah. subjects. And um and I also just like Josh. I just like him. He's so he's, endearing. He, to me he's like a for a main character that you can tell will go through mm-hmm. different phases, the way he's presented in the beginning is like he is likable. Yeah. Even when he like even after the breakup. Yeah. When they're at the hospital, like yeah. you're like, and because you know, shout out to a solid ex girlfriend who's a who's a solid friend, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you know, he just even then you're like, oh, she still likes him as a person. Yeah. Yeah, and I appreciated that we got to see all of we got to see him go through this such a such a likable person go through all of these awkward things that we encounter ourselves, like being physical with someone for the first time or being around your ex right after a breakup. <laughs> oh my gosh, or even considering how to take care of your parents, because yeah. once his mom has um, sort of 
I don't know, stabilized in the hospital. The question is next, well, can she live by herself? How do we take care of her? Josh? Yeah. And he's like, don't look at me. I don't even floss. (laughs) I can't take care of anyone. Yeah. I can't even take care of myself, which is half true. Like, he nicked his face shaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. And then I still appreciate things that make that that draw you in about who he is as a person. There's a line where he's cuddling with this guy and the guy's like, do you like Big Spoon or Little Spoon? And he's like, I don't know. But then he says something like, Big Spoon, Little Spoon, it doesn't make sense because different sized spoons don't fit together like this. (laughs) And I just thought, you know what? When, when he said that, I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. And so it, I just, you know, I've, I've finished all four seasons. It, um, it expanded my heart. It broke my heart. It mended my heart. It broke it again. <laughs> you know, and, um, and I'm... I think I just might rewatch it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good. It's definitely... It's fun, and even though it has a lot of depth, which I think I like, I like that. Yeah. But also the characters are like dynamic. Even they're also Neve. different. Neve, Neve, Neve. I I can't wait to learn more about her. <laughs> I only have foul language. I only have foul. So language. we'll save that for off the mic, even yes. though you know. You, we can be explosive here, but mm-hmm. okay. So let's just kick it back to you. All right. On my block. On my block. So I randomly picked, started watching on my block. Wow, we both randomly did this. Yeah. Um. It was. It came up on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh, like I said, put the link in there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's it's a coming of age story about these four teenagers in South central LA um this story is predominantly a a Latino black families that's all three of them or Monse is until you know more about her backstory Monse is black okay and yeah we don't know as of the first episode (laughs) she's just Monse yeah she's just Monse and then um, Ruby and why can't I remember? Oh, Jamal. Jamal's my guy. Caesar. Oh, yes. Did you already say Jamal? Yeah, I said Jamal first. Oops. I was talking. <laughs> Jamal is my favorite character. Um, but I the reason why I picked this is because I ran it when I randomly started watching it. I was like, I remember being a kid and wishing I saw even if I wasn't from a place, mm-hmm. seeing kids that reflected me. Yeah. And to me, On My Block is a show that, like, if I was a, if I was a kid, I would watch this. If I was, like, and when I say kid, I mean, like, teenager. Um, the four of them are about to go into high school, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how are we going to survive high school? Like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and Ruby's older brother is about to go to college, and he's, like, stick together. Mm-hmm. And the way it starts is the beginning of summer. And by the end of the episode, they're right before they're about to go. Like, literally, it's the day that they're going to school. Yeah. Like, um, there's 10 whole weeks that, that pass you don't see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Monte goes off to writing camp. 
and she comes back developed like many girls do. Developed. Developed. But also she got her braces off. Exactly. And then nobody want to talk about her braces being taken off. I remember when I got my braces taken off, you couldn't tell me nothing. Mm. I was like, uh, uh, I didn't know you had braces. Me too. Girl, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally my dentist. See, this is why I had dope dentists. But my hygienist sometimes wore some buttholes, and they were. He was like, "You look like a mutant before you came in here." I said, "You know that I'm 12, right?" <laughs> like, I can't just, believe I just want to point out, it's oh a good gosh. thing that I don't take everything to heart. Um, That's the prime insecurity season. Like 12, dang! But you know what? My teeth is straight now, so get out of my face. Um, yes. So much fun, but yeah, she gets her braces taken off, mm-hmm. but she also comes back developed. Everyone notices that, but also when she comes back, there has been a falling out in the group. <sighs> yeah, which is so you know, like we have that at teenage years, like everybody can fall out, you can follow anybody randomly in, in high school. Um, it happens so fast, yeah. It was like she was like 10 weeks, like why are we not? Why are we not talking to Caesar? Why are we not talking to Caesar? And Jamal cannot lie. I actually love that Jamal cannot lie. He ends up being a real one the whole show, but he can't lie. And Ruby's like, you're sworn to secrecy. But Monse eventually has one up on Jamal. Yeah. Because Jamal is supposed to be playing football. Yep. And Jamal is scared of getting hurt. (laughs) (laughs) He's terrified he's like do you know how many people get concussed and break their neck playing football <laughs> followed by heavy breathing exactly and like yeah. full-on hyperventilation yeah but it's because his dad was an all-star player yeah. and his dad doesn't know that he's awful at football it actually yeah it's really sad um but he really wants to make his dad proud and so monse is like well i'll tell your dad that you quit the football team and he's like right where to hit him exactly because he can't lie and so he's like holding the biggest lie ever but at this or he's like i guess biggest secret and he really is like i can't hold secrets i don't understand why anyone likes secrets those types of things (laughs) so dramatic jamal is very dramatic yeah yeah (laughs) but then he eventually eventually tells her that caesar told all the guy all well the guys that he's rolling with now mm-hmm. that they hooked up which is just like like come on this is peak high school like this feels like every coming of age story many of us had if if like you don't want to start high school with a reputation and that's actually a line that um ruby brings up to Monse. like you don't want to start school with a rep yeah and so we just have to drop it because right now no one knows yeah and then she finds out People know. People definitely know. Um, and then she confronts Caesar. And it's very interesting because Caesar's now, at this point, jumped into a gang because his family has been in the head of like, this gang essentially their whole lineage. Yeah. Or like their whole time in South Central LA. And to me, it's just like crazy because this doesn't feel fake. This first episode, I think what's super interesting and what sort of drew, drew me in is that it doesn't feel fake. No, All it really of these doesn't. things could happen. Yeah. And 
they very much so depict what life could be like in South South Central LA. And it's really interesting the way that they make it. It's not that they. Um, it's not that they water it down, but they make it palatable the way that it's framed. Yes, and I think that's also for. I think that what's funny about this show is I know people who are in their mid-40s that watch the show. And I think it's funny. It's super hard for me to convince my friends to watch this show. But I'm sure that the demographic that they probably thought would watch this show is in their teenage years. And so it had to be. It almost has to be palatable for who they expected to watch it. Mm -hmm. And then like now we just watch it and we're like, oh. This, this feels accurate. Yeah. But I, I also think the casting is perfect for the show. They did such a great job. This cast is fun. This yeah. show is fun. And I think it that it's, it's, we don't have a lot of fun TV and we're still building those stories up because people are just now getting to take hold of their stories. They're getting to put them on TV. So like this show has a writer's room. There are nine people in it, but predominantly it was made by Francesca Gales, who's a black woman, and Eddie Gonzalez. And they fought for this show with Netflix. They said, this cast is going to be 99, 95% yeah. people of color yeah. it's going to be kids of color yeah we're not hiring and also those kids are some some of them only one of them is over the age of 21 wow one or two wow so it's like you're you're also hiring actors that are new that are fresh mm-hmm. that are also also look their age yeah you're not hiring 25 year olds to play high schooler. Like, all the shows that we watched growing up. I'm like, really? Like, Sophia Bush? Yeah. For 18? Come on. Shout out to One Tree Hill. (laughs) Again, it was my literal favorite Top of mind. Yes. Top of mind. mind. (laughs) But I just thought it was... I just loved that about it. I love that it feels young um, because I know what happens. It's an adventure. I love stories Mm. that are like that. To me, if this was a book, I would have read it too. Mmm. I think that like that's how good this storyline, that's how good this writing is. I agree with that. So I'm super happy that they got a third season. But the 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 first one is is a is a ride. It's fun. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm gonna try and get my roommate into watching it. I've convinced multiple people to watch the show, and I feel like yes, like my um, one of my friends from work. She started watching. She came in, and mind you, she's much older. She's in like the forties range, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Girl, did you see?" And I was oh, like, "It's so funny because you're like, yes, I saw. Like I watched <laughs> the whole thing in one sitting. That's it's thirty minute long episodes. Um, so that's the other thing. It's digestible to me. It's like something that you can. It's for the amount of depth and the layers of that, and also you get into that more as newer characters or or more characters are introduced and they like grow like mm-hmm. Caesar's brother mm-hmm. Oscar aka Spooky <sighs> y'all this man 
is so fine. <laughs> he's one of the older characters, so I can say this and not feel ah. weird. Um, he's an older brother. He literally takes care of him. Um, Caesar. When you see him in real life, he is the polar opposite of his character. He doesn't even sound that way. What? Like his voice isn't like that. He is fine, fine. It's just like, like I remember when we were watching, we were like, so we gonna talk about spooky? Wait. And he's loyal to the people. Yeah, we don't really get to meet him in the first episode. It's a brief reference and a hi, hello, and then we're out the door. Yeah, but I feel like even in that first episode, you get sort of... He's made an impression. Yeah, he makes an impression. You're like, yeah. oh, okay. I know that I probably shouldn't be messing with you. Like, You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm like... But I feel like we talked about content a little bit, but I do want to ask this question. Mm. What is your favorite character from Please Like Me? Oh my gosh. My favorite character from Please Like Me. Oh my gosh, this is such a hard question because there's also a lot of side characters. They come in and out um, through the various seasons. And I also appreciate how all of the side characters get to be complex. So at first you meet them and you're like, oh, dang, like you're amazing. I love you. And over time you're like, oh, you are toxic. It's time to go. <laughs> well, so, so maybe I'll narrow it. Who is, who's your favorite character in this first episode? Okay. In this first episode... <laughs> My favorite character is Tom. Tom is um, Josh's friend. That he lives with. That he lives with. And the first time we meet Tom, Josh just drops in on him at work. And Tom is just Googling giraffes. <laughs> Such a goof troop. <laughs> yes. And and Josh gives him a hard time about it. But there, there are little Easter eggs throughout all of the seasons where you'll see like a tiny giraffe in the corner. Or one time I noticed, I almost missed it. He's clicking something on his computer screen somewhere, season three, season four, I don't know. And his background is a giraffe. I was like, wow, stop. So yeah, I like, I like him for season one, episode one, definitely. But total season... Josh. It's just Josh. It's 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 only Josh. I love it. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Could you even pick a favorite character from Oh yeah, I can. Okay. So my favorite character of the first episode is and it might be my favorite character. Mm. Uh-oh. So my favorite character of the first episode. No, it's going to be the same person. It's Jamal. I knew it. So when I watched it, I was like, of course Dominique would love this character. Like, we hadn't even talked about it, and I knew that you would really appreciate him. But go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about Jamal. So Jamal is like, I love the fact that he can't keep a secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he so can't precious. lie. But also, he is a real one. Like, he yeah. holds them down. Also, I, I will never forget the line when I first, he's like, Bitches be bonkers. And that, <gasps> I was like, well, 
he makes it his own catchphrase like he doesn't hear himself. <laughs> and at the same time, you're like, but I don't disagree. There was no lie said. <laughs> there was no lie. So... And mind you, he says it in a moment where Monse mm. pops off. Like, yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. runs over to Caesars in the middle of this gang and is just like going at this. And she had to get dragged off him. Later on in that episode, yeah? Oh. It's a, yes. It's, yeah, because there's two yes, yes, moments yes. of that. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's it's just wild. Mm-hmm. It's a wild thing. But I, I, lo- I love him for how funny he is, how real he is. And yeah. he re- to me, he's, he's just so authentically himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he just spends... Like, he, he, he's a character because he's also not necessarily linked to other characters in the group. And you'll, like, see that later on in, mm. in the seasons. He really has to, like, develop on his own almost. And, like, he wants to... He, he's the sort of the king of the adventure. Mm-hmm. And so he gets to lead that part. And it's, it's just cool to see him. Um, and later on... When you watch, you'll see like yeah. the development of like his emotions and how he how he is with the other characters, and I just think that like we haven't seen that on screen a lot. We're seeing it more now, um, but I just I Jamal is a fun character. I love Brett in real like the person that plays him. Mm-hmm. He's fun, and you can tell like he just he loves to do this. He loves to entertain, and that's and then also he has a character of Jamal that is like very entertaining and a little over the top. Um, so yeah, I would say that he's my, he's my favorite overall on the show, but he's also my favorite of the first episode. Ugh. I just love how well written all of the characters are because they do feel like they get to be themselves. Like when you're saying Jamal is authentically himself, I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. And I love also that you know what his specific issues are, like with football and not being able to tell a lie or keep secrets. And the the writers do the same thing for all the characters. You know what each of their individual hangups are. Yeah. As well as their shared issues, like trying to navigate their neighborhood and trying to navigate high school. Yeah, which are like, those are the things that people can relate to. But I think that like, you do attract yourself to certain characters like Rudy and the fact that he thought he was going to get his own room and now he has to share with his abuelita. And, oh my gosh. And also like he wants to, you can tell that Ruby wants to be a ladies man, but at the same time he's like short, but at the same time he's the smoothest. Like he had, he does have this smoothness to him, but he's also very protective of his friends. Yeah. Yeah. And like Monse, who, Monse I think is a super dope character especially for young black girls in just like right now like she's strong she knows what she wants she Mm -hmm. she's like she's loyal Mm -hmm. to her friends and she's like we we stay together like we have to stay together yeah and then also she at the end you see her how she cares for like caesar and she's like no we have to save him and those types of things and then caesar who's just like you can tell that he he doesn't want this life that he's been given, which I think is also like that's a universal story of mm-hmm. like these are the 
these are the chips you have. Yeah. And how do we and how do you make better with those those things? So but to also have to go through this like they're supposed to be 14. So it's it's also interesting because they do all distinctly have their own personalities. Like Yeah. They're a unit, but they're so incredibly different. And also they come from different walks of life. Like like Ruby's also Latino and as is Caesar, but Ruby lives with his both of his parents, his twin siblings, and his abuelita. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Monse, she lives with just her dad, right? But her yeah. dad goes it's on gone. trips for work mm-hmm. all the time, so she's just gotta like double, triple lock the front door and Facetime him to show that, like, that yes, I did it. lock the door. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and then Jamal, he from. He's only child, and he lives with his parents. And then you have Caesar, who's like being raised by his brother, and essentially a family that is made up of a gang. Yeah. But it to me, it's it's so well done. Like it's so well done. It's incredibly well done. And it's shot beautifully. Like the way that they make what I love is that they made it look. Like vibrant, they didn't make they it look did. like broken down or anything. The visual is, the colors are bright. They so I I don't know like sometimes when you see how South Central LA has been shot, it's like oh like it's sad and depressing. Like no, like it looks like a normal neighborhood. Yeah, cause it is. Yeah, you know like I I loved that and just literally some of the shots I was like. Whoever is the cinematographer, exactly. A1, you deserve. You know, like, whoever's in Netflix, Netflix got somebody. Because to all the boys was the same way. I said, who shot this? <laughs> the you opening deserve. the opening scene for episode one of On My Block, when, mm-hmm. they, when you see the party. Oh, yes. They have one really long take where you just almost feel like you're swiveling through different parts of the party. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. It was so great. And I was also, the longer that take took, the more impressed I was. Yeah, because you know that, like, one, either this is a rig uh-huh. or, like, someone's holding this. Yeah. To, like, navigate through the. There's all, a lot of mapping space. and prep work, all for a party scene where people are just beep bopping to yes. whatever. <laughs> what, I, what I thought was sort of a comical, but, like, kind of sad thing was they can name the shots. They can name what gun the shot comes from. And they, like, laugh about it. Because it's that common. Yeah. But it's it's a, it's a good show. It is. It is. And they and had to fight to bring it back because they almost, they had to fight to get paid more. What? Equity, y'all. Pay these kids. Mm. They were fighting to get pay, more pay, because, you know that show, 13 Reasons Why? Okay. Um... That cast got paid a ton for that show, and they just wanted to like, you know, equity. You just, yeah. just trying to just trying to meet things. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Wow. And they it was like a standstill. Like the actors, like literally, they were like, "We're not acting until we get paid more." Wow. And I said, That's right. You better pay my kids. Yes. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Yeah, all of us were like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Um, don't do this!" Like. I need you to pay them because I, I, I need the next season. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know what y'all think this is. Yes. 
Because, I mean, literally, we have, there are only, the only other show I can think of like that is One Day at a Time, which is a remake of a show that was made in the 80s. Mm. So Netflix, remember. I mean, just remember, remember the kids when you make content. There we have it. You know? Yeah. But yeah. We good? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> tell the people <laughs> tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs so they can follow your podcast I love how that was like we've been talking so long y'all we have and I got so lost for a second I just made a face at Dominique like what are we doing next <laughs> <laughs> but yes where can they find you on the oh interwebs my gosh. Um, you can find me on Instagram my handle is c.l.you you can also find my podcast recaps and receipts uh also on instagram that's recaps and receipts i think it ends in podcast no i don't even know man it's my it's my account and i don't even know but um yeah you can find that there uh, i'm also on spotify itunes google play and stitcher hey all of them and you know where to find me d underscore creative both on twitter and instagram you can also email me at theintersectionpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you watch these shows. What do you think about these shows? What do you think about these albums? Did you have a favorite song? Did you have a favorite lyric? I want to hear from y'all. Um, you can please rate, review, subscribe, all of these things to this podcast. It helps, you know, me get a little further. And yeah, also do all of those things for recaps and receipts. Much appreciated. Yes, we will be back next week. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.